Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. This past Sunday, for the final sermon in her Choose Your Own Adventure series, Rev. Dr. Michelle preached about the story of Jacob's well from the Gospel of John. This week, the congregation was given the opportunity to vote on whose perspective the story was told from. This resulted in a different sermon at each service, and therefore, two separate podcasts. The sermon you are about to listen to is told from the perspective of the water. There's a lot of different reasons to love a story. And if there's ever a space where we experience that profoundly, it is in Scripture. So many different ways to love a story and to see meaning in the story. And we're going to get to experience that today. So your votes are in. And if you ever didn't believe that voting matters by one vote, we are going to hear about the water today. Um, but to, to frame that up, let's hear the story that this is based on. I'm going to read John chapter 4, verses 4 to 30. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land of Jacob, the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, if you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become... In those who drink it, a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You are right to say, I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You've had five husbands, and the man you are with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here When true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The Father looks for those who worship him this way. God is spirit and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us. Jesus said to her, 
I am the one who speaks with you. Just then Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that he was talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So when uh, some of you are going to the Holy Land with me, and I'm excited about that journey we're going to make together, and we are going to see Jacob's well. It is still there, and you can still draw water up from it. And how do I know that? Because when I went to the Holy Land a few years ago, uh, that morning I was asked to do the devotional. I did this passage because this is one of my favorite passages of all time. And I guess that caught our guide's attention. And so when we got to Jacob's well, he dropped the bucket into the water and then called me over to draw water from the well. Y'all. It was amazing. And here's what I remember about that experience, besides just the sheer joy of it. I remember how light the bucket was in the water. It was very easy to turn that crank and to pull the bucket up through the water. The buoyancy of the water lifted it up for me. But when I hit the surface, it got really heavy all of a sudden. And it was work. And it was toil. And in that moment, I was able to reflect, not just on the weight of it, but then when the water got all the way up, we got to taste it, and it was cool, and it was refreshing. But also, to stand at that well that I knew Jesus had stood at with this woman, and I knew what had happened at this well, the power of that moment moved into the power of the moment that I was having. And I felt the presence of Christ in my life in a profound way through an ordinary thing, like a bucket of water. And that speaks to the fact that that water has some properties that move us, that strengthen us, that cool us. But water is also transcendent and moves us into places we would never expect. So it's time to vote. Get to decide which way we're going. Are we going to look into... Now, you're only going to have option one or option two on your vote. So I'm going to tell you what the options are. Because we didn't know which way these were going to go, right? Option one... And this is vote number two and three, right? That, That QR code. Option one, if you want to look more into the properties of water... Choose option one. If you want to look more into water as a symbol, choose option two. So properties of water, option one. Water as a symbol, option two. Option two. We're going to look into water as a symbol. Okay. So, so water is a powerful force in our lives. And it's not just a powerful force in sustaining life, but 
it moves us in ways because it is universal to the human experience, right? Some of you may have studied the work of Carl Jung. We actually had to do this when I was in high school. Um, we actually looked at what he calls archetypes, things, images, and symbols that show up over and over and over because they are common to the human experience. We actually did it and analyzed the Star Wars movies, which was amazing, by the way. And, and the water planet that they eventually go to in Star Wars is a place where life is created. Now, it's clone life, right? But it's a place where life is created. And that really speaks to this, this power that, that, that water as a symbol has across culture. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter who you are, where you've grown up. Water represents common things in humanity, including cleansing, including renewal, including sustenance. It is what restores us, and it is life. And that image of life comes to us for a lot of reasons. First of all, none of us can go through a day without water, without liquid, without some, some sustaining of our lives through that element. But it's also present in birth. It is the thing that protects the child and then is released so that new life can be born. And we, we saw that in the passage before this one, when Jesus was talking with Nicodemus about being born in water and the Spirit, and Nicodemus is trying to keep it very concrete, and Jesus is trying to get him, no, look beyond, see the life that I'm calling you to. It's beyond this life. It is the fullness of life eternal that starts here and now, but goes and moves. Christianity finds great power in the image of water. And it has meaning for us all throughout our scriptural witness, and it has meaning for us in our ritual, in our worship, in the way that we organize our faith. It can represent for us both betrothal. It is a powerful image of betrothal, of marrying ourselves into the faith, and baptism, being born into and cleansed and invited into the faith. It's vote time again. Are we going to explore water as betrothal? As being married into the faith? Or are we going to explore water as baptism? So hit that um, refresh or hit the QR code again. And this time option one is betrothal. Option two is baptism. One betrothal to baptism. All right, Brooke, which one is it? Choice one, betrothal. All right. Yeah, in our scriptural witness, wells have deep meaning. They aren't just deep because you've got to get that deep to get water in the, in the ancient world, but they have deep meaning. Um, I have a friend who calls wells in the Bible the e-harmony of ancient Palestine, right? This is where you gathered, where you met, and where new unions were formed. Rebecca is at a well when the, the servant comes to look for a suitable wife for Isaac. And that conversation happens at the well. Jacob meets Rachel at a well. Moses has an encounter that leads to his engagement to Zipporah at a well. 
This image would not be lost on people as they experience this story. And as the disciples are having this moment, like Jesus and a woman are at the well, this is kind of, you know, it's no, it's not a surprise that they're shocked that he's standing there talking to a woman at the well because, because of the symbol that it is, because of what it represents, because of what it means in the tradition. There is a very um, distinct pattern to what happens in these betrothal. It's called a betrothal type scene, right, at the well. First, a groom makes a trip to a foreign land, then encounters a girl at the well. The girl rushes home to announce this encounter. The girl and the man, or the representative sets it up for the man, um, are betrothed. They get engaged. And there is an invitation to a meal. This is, this is what happens in these scenes. Now let's look what happens here. Jesus, who is a foreigner, goes into Samaria. He encounters a woman at the well. And it's notable here that she is not a maiden. She has been married many times before. And there's been much written about this. First of all, note that Jesus does not judge her for that. He does not judge her for that. But also, she's been married five times, and Samaria, part of the reason that Samaria got in trouble with the Jews is that when the Assyrian invasion happened, um, Assyria moved five nations in and forced them to intermarry. So, there's your five husbands, Samaria, right? And they are now ruled by Rome, which is the sixth. But what is about to happen is a completion in the seventh husband of of Jesus Christ. He's going to be the great ruler here, right? So he meets this woman at the well. She rushes away to tell others, and then she brings them back, and all are married into the faith. This is the bringing in. This is the expansion of Jesus' ministry beyond the Jews into the world. All are married into the faith, and a new family is created and they invite Jesus to stay and live with them and live life with them for two days. You know they shared some meals. This is a powerful moment of inclusion, of broadening out the faith, of making through the water, through this well, of making Jesus available to all. It is not just the marriage of two but the salvation of the world. Thank God for this moment. Thank God for this well. Thank God for the water. And thank God for life eternal in Christ. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Woohoo! We did it! Y'all, a part of the reason for doing that, was, it's not just a trick, you know, like I'm not trying, trying to stand up here and show off or anything. The reason that I did it is because that's what happens when we come to Scripture always. When we come to Scripture, you are choosing your adventure. Everyone does it. You decide if you're going to be changed by this story. You decide if you have questions about this story. You decide if it's going to make something new happen for you in your life. This is what we do when we read scripture. So we did this to prepare for the fact that as a, as a church, we're going to read through the Bible together, and it is going to be a great adventure. 
Next week, you're going to get to see the adventure that Ray Wheeler chooses to take us on. He will be preaching next week. We can be excited about that. Um, And then we will look at how to read the Bible as we head into this. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.